0: Good morning and welcome to Wednesday morning, November the 10th in 2021 on When I Rise. We're currently in year B, proper week 28, which is the 25th Sunday after Pentecost. And on the Wednesday of the week, we'd like to take a look at one of the extra Bible passages from this week in the Revised Common Lectionary for the church year. And so I'm going to stay in the Old Testament today. I'm going to go to the book of Daniel, chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. So it's a shorter passage. I think it's a well-known passage in Daniel's book. So let me read that passage, provide a couple points for reflection, and then we'll spend our time praying along the theme that we find there. Thanks for making us part of your morning on When Our Eyes. Let's allow our souls to rise, meet God together in a time of prayer. Daniel chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. At that time, Michael, the Archangel, who stands guard over your nation, will arise. Then there will be a time of anguish greater than any since nations first came into existence. But at that time, every one of your people whose name is written in the book will be rescued. Many of those whose bodies lie dead and buried will rise up, some to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting disgrace. Those who are wise will shine as bright as the sky and those who lead many to righteousness will shine like the stars forever. This is the word of God for us. The book of Daniel is a unique book, and I think if you read it from you know, beginning to end in one sitting or a couple sittings, you would kind of get this flavor about it. I think... Daniel can be cut in half. The first half of Daniel's book is about the events are in and around Daniel's life, uh, a couple of different empires and administrations and things that have happened through this one towering figure, Daniel, right? And the the last half of the book is about the visions that Daniel had. And Daniel's visions came in those two different administrations. So it's good to read the book of Daniel not as like one linear thing, but to read his narrative and then to read the visions. So towards the end of the book of Daniel, there's this great unveiling and that's what this book really is. If if the Bible is like a newspaper, uh, just like a newspaper, it's got all these different sections and we just understand that as we get trained to read the newspaper, that we read different sections in different ways because they have different aims, right? Like you don't read like the national news like you read the comics, right? (laughs) Even though maybe sometimes they have a lot of the same things in common, Uh, but that's neither for here nor there at this time. But you, you and I, we, we learn over time, almost effortlessly we read things in different ways because we know that their authors have different aims. Well, the author of Daniel has got an aim, and this type of book is called an apocalypse. It's an unveiling. So uh, an unveiling is this picture that uh, my first Bible teacher gave me. is like imagine like a table full of objects with a sheet over everything. You could see and sense and maybe anticipate what the objects might be underneath the sheet because you could see, okay, there's like something tall and there's something round and there's something square, but we don't get the full picture until the, the sheet is taken off completely and all is revealed. Well, there is a sense where God's people are crying out to be led by God and for God to reveal his plan, to reveal his goodness, particularly in the world that's so chaotic, and it can be so mysterious. So there's a couple different times in the Bible where these apocalyptic literature uh, genre books are nestled in our scriptural context, in, in the in the in the scripture canon we call it, and we have to read those differently. Then we do other parts of the bible uh, there 's um, codes, there are things that are hidden, there are signs, and it 's because a lot of times these apocalyptic books are written to people who are under intense social and religious and economic pressure, and so it 's sent to them. they would ascertain its message, but it 'd be fuzzy and veiled to those who are outside of the community. This is really insider baseball talk and it's and it's veiled for those who are on the outside so they don't, they don't hear its message. Now it sounds a whole lot more conspiratory than it really is. But there are times and I think you and I should embrace this. There are times when we need to speak to the people of God about the things that the people of God are dealing with, and there are other times where we speak in general religious language for all seekers, insiders, outsiders to be able to ascertain and to understand. Daniel is an insider book. And so what's Daniel trying to say? It seems to be the same same theme as we find in the book of Revelation, which is another apocalyptic book, and that 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 call is the call to persevere, is to press on. Yes, things are tough and it's challenging and we're heading into a fog where there's a lot of unknown, but things are going to be revealed. At the end, God is victorious, and so there is this challenge to overcome all the way to the end. So one of the things that an apocalyptic book needs to address in a moment like this is, how do we know that God is going to make good on his promises? So, Here we have in Daniel chapter 12, the first three verses, one of the earliest and yet veiled references to the resurrection. Resurrection wasn't always a doctrine in the Old Testament community. Uh, a lot of times the afterlife wasn't, was barely even spoken about, right? Uh, our passage yesterday in Psalm 16 has one of these veiled references of God not abandoning us in the, the depths of Sheol. But there's not a lot of description about it. So Daniel 12 and Hosea 6 and uh, Ezekiel 37 are these rare moments in the Old Testament where resurrection is beginning to be discerned or meditated upon or grappled with. But it's being grappled with later in the Old Testament period because there are questions emerging from the believing community. How is God going to redeem us, particularly those of us who were faithful all the way to the end? Did our life count? Did it matter? And so here, Daniel's message from the angel, it, it would have encouraged and it would have upheld those in this day. That God would not abandon you in the grave, but he'd vindicate you from the grave. And you would stand in glorious victory with him at the end of the age, at the end of all things. And that's a message for us too. Because just like Daniel and his acolytes and those who read his message, we have the same inner turmoil. Do I continue to live out my faith when the future is so uncertain? When I can't see the finish line? When there's all these... Stunning pressures that take great nuance to try to articulate. And there's disagreements even among the faithful about what all events mean in the current day. Like, how do I continue to move forward into this dense fog of the future of the unknown? And so Daniel gives us this great promise. Persevere, endure all the way to the end, and God will not abandon you. I don't know if we knew much more than that. I don't know why there's this fascination, particularly in like, a developed country like the United States, about what is the end going to be like, and what is heaven going to be like, and who's going to be there, and who's not going to be there. The authors of the Bible don't seem to want to be so clear about that, but what is clear is God will give us rest, God will vindicate us, God will never leave us or forsake us, so continue to press on and endure all the way to the end. With that in mind, let's spend some time praying together this morning. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we thank you that we can endure all the way to the end, not just because there is a prize of our faith, the reward of our faith and salvation at the end, but because you're with us. And we thank you, Holy Spirit, uh, that you are with us. You comfort us uh, in low moments. You give us the words to say when we're asked questions about our faith. You empower us for gifts of ministry. You're reforming our character with the fruit of the Spirit so that we can live the life of Christ to its fullness. So God, I thank you that uh, we can cling to the idea that you've given us everything for life and godliness today, and you are going to prepare a place for us at the end. And so God, we all wake up to a world that's confused and mixed up and is uh, full of so many mysteries, and we have mysteries within. We have urgings and longings that have yet come under the lordship of Christ. Uh, We have shame from our past. Uh, we second-guess ourselves. We have inner critics that taunt us day after day. And so it is awful hard for us to calculate, how do I make the next faithful step forward? So, God, got to think that you have not abandoned us now. But you uh, reveal yourself to us now. You draw close to us now. And so I pray that you draw close to us today. We'd feel your comfort. That we'd be empowered by your spirit. And that we would be empowered by your grace to take the next faithful step in front of us. So God, be with us today. Allow us to hear your voice clearly so that we can obey you and be faithful. I ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.